You're listening to The Drag. Hey y'all, it's Katie Alka, executive producer of Darkness. I want to tell you about a new podcast out now. It's called Devilish Deeds. It's a historical true crime podcast from the Drag Audio Production House, which brought you both seasons of Darkness, The Orange Tree, and The Austin Bomber. Season one of Devilish Deeds is a four-part series which traces the steps of America's first known serial killer, an axe murderer who targeted primarily black women working as domestic servants in Austin, Texas in the 1880s. The killer is known as the Servant Girl Annihilator, and 137 years later, the murders are still unsolved. University of Texas journalism senior Megan Parker takes you through the story of the victims and theorizes on who this killer might have been. Here's a preview of Devilish Deeds. And if you like what you hear, subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. It's New Year's Eve in Austin, Texas. Men and women clink champagne glasses, dance the night away, and huddle together as a northern storm tears through the city. According to Skip Hollinsworth's book, The Midnight Assassin, it's the biggest party in town, the New Year's Eve Phantom Masquerade. The dancers swirl across the floor in black silk, faces cloaked in masks. The women wear elaborate dresses with ribbons and ruffles and lace. The men wear fitted coats paired with striped trousers and bow ties. As they count down to midnight, they shoot Roman candles into the sky. Austinites have much to celebrate. The Texas capital city is rapidly growing in population. There's a new gleaming pink granite capitol building under construction on a sweeping hill that overlooks the city, and the town is bustling. Politicians, leaders, and citizens think Austin is in its golden era, and the celebration at the massive New Year's Eve ball is proof. 1884 ends with a bang, and the new year brings with it a sense of hope. But a cold darkness has swept over Austin and enveloped the city and it has nothing to do with the cold front that crept in a couple of days prior. Just the day before the New Year's Eve festivities, the body of 25-year-old Molly Smith had been found hacked to pieces in an Austin backyard. Nobody knew it yet, but one of America's first serial killers had begun his work. Bloody Work a fearful midnight murder on West Pecan, mystery and crime. A colored woman killed outright and her lover almost done for. It's December 30th, 1884, the day before that memorable New Year's Eve party in Austin. Sometime between 9 and 10 p.m., Walter Spencer, a 29-year-old black man, arrives at the home of an insurance salesman. It's where his girlfriend, Molly Smith, works as a cook. Walter frequently spends the night with Molly in her servant quarters. She's relatively new in town. She's only been here for about a month since she moved from Waco, Texas, a town about 100 miles northeast of Austin. Molly met Walter shortly after moving, even though a former boyfriend of hers had followed her from Waco to Austin. Molly is a domestic servant. In the post-Reconstruction South, it's a common way of life for black women. It means she likely works from sunup to sundown every day, making as little as 4 to $8 a month. It's grueling, thankless work, but it's paying work, and she has a roof over her head. When Walter arrives at Molly's quarters, he feels bad for her. She tells him she hasn't been feeling well, but she asks him to wake her up early the next morning. They go to bed, all is quiet in the home. 
The insurance salesman who Molly works for isn't home, but his brother-in-law is staying at the house while he's away. Everyone's fast asleep until sometime between 3 and 4 a.m. Mr. Tom, for God's sakes, do something to help me. Somebody has nearly killed me. Walter wakes up the brother-in-law to tell him he's been hit in the head with an axe. He's badly injured, and he's bleeding from at least five wounds on his face. Walter has no idea what happened. He doesn't know who broke into the servant quarters. He doesn't know who hit him with the axe. But he has a strong feeling that his girlfriend, Molly, is dead. We're not sure if Walter told the brother-in-law that Molly had been attacked, or if he even knew because it doesn't seem like anyone besides Walter realizes or cares what happened. Nobody goes to check on Molly. The brother-in-law simply points Walter in the direction of the doctor's house nearby. Then apparently, he just goes back to sleep. Everyone notices Molly's missing at breakfast, but it's not until 9 a.m. when a neighbor sees something strange in the backyard that they realize the horror of what happened in the early hours of that morning. Molly's body lies in the backyard. There's a hole in the side of her head, Her attacker had dragged her out of the servants' quarters about 50 steps and hidden her behind an outhouse. That's why nobody in the house had noticed her body. She was a cook, um, and she had been struck in the head with an axe as she slept. Um, And this is, I mean, you might want to start this with a trigger warning. Maybe you already are. This is very dark, very traumatizing. Uh, She was raped. Uh, in the backyard, and her body was hacked to pieces. That's Jenna Cooper. She works at the Austin History Center as a records analyst for the public library. She knows a lot about what Austin was like in the 1880s, and consequently, about the murders. Jenna says the attacks on black servant women actually started months before Molly's death, and they were just as brutal. In July 1884, there were two instances of black women being stabbed in the face as they slept. And these women both survived, but authorities investigated them as separate incidents. And then in August 1884, a black woman was struck in the head with a smoothing iron as she slept. So these were nocturnal attacks, very much uh, in the line of what the servant girl Annihilator did. He only attacked by night. And then in November 1884, there was another non-fatal nocturnal assault on a black servant woman. And so this incident actually never appeared in the newspaper. And then you find a little over a month later, Molly Smith was the first victim who was killed. And Molly's death is gruesome. When the police arrive at the home on the morning of December 31st, 1884, Molly's servant quarters are covered in blood. The furniture is in disarray. The bed is soaked in blood. And there are bloody fingerprints on the door. Perhaps the most horrific of all is the bloody axe that sits at the foot of the bed, and a trail of blood leads from the servant quarters to the outhouse in the yard. Outside, Molly lies on her back. She's nearly nude. She's been stabbed in the chest and abdomen, and cuts run up and down her arms and legs. Her head is split open. According to Skip Hollingsworth's book, The Midnight Assassin, when an undertaker tries to lift Molly's body to take her to the morgue, her body did not, quote, hold together. Molly Smith is the first victim of what will soon be known as the Servant Girl Annihilator, a name that doesn't even begin to describe the brutality of the murders. Police point their investigation into Molly's death towards the first obvious suspect, her boyfriend Walter Spencer. 
They think this could have been a lover's spat turned deadly, but they quickly find out that's unlikely. Everyone says Walter and Molly loved each other, and the months they'd been together, they seemed happy. By the afternoon of New Year's Day, a more likely suspect appears, William Brooks, Molly's ex-boyfriend, the one who followed her to Austin from Waco. Brooks is a bartender at a saloon not far from where Molly lived. He claims he stayed out late, until 4 a.m. the night before, working at a dance. He swears he couldn't have murdered Molly. But Walter Spencer tells police that three months before the attacks, Brooks claimed he wanted to fight him. These are about the facts, and the reader is left to draw his own conclusions. Whether slain by her lover or some party from the outside is as yet a mystery that envelops as foul a deed as was ever done in Austin.